Zella. I'm glad to be here too. It's been such a fun week getting to hang out with you. I know. We've had some good food, some good times, and, um, and some and, good virtual tent moments. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So today we're talking about all of the benefits of consistent journaling, because that's Ooh. the key word right oh, there. Consistent, yikes. <laughs> weren't you just saying before we started that you found some journal pages from when you were in the seventh grade yeah i just uh i did uh, when i my last move i ran across some old uh, journals that i had been keeping and here were these notebooks started <laughs> and maybe uh, had a few months worth of entries and then fizzled out yeah they kind of <laughs> got left behind but yet i still kept them yes <laughs> Because it's a record of your story, and that's the fun part of journaling. But there's so yeah. many benefits that we need to unpack. And, you know, it's interesting. As I go back and, and, and I was reading through some of these pages, I was like, I don't remember doing that. Huh. I don't remember doing that either. Really? I thought that? Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of enlightening to go back and, and see what I was doing and thinking mm -hmm. um, in an earlier time in my life that, now I don't recall. What, were the journal entries about boyfriends or um, potential crushes? There, there was a couple of entries, but it, a lot of it had to do with just like things going on in life and mm -hmm. and um, projects and the whole spectrum. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about the health benefits of consistent journaling. Yeah, because, you know, everybody says, oh, keep a journal, and it probably is like our New Year's resolution, keep a journal, blah, blah, blah. But then we don't really think of, you know, we think of it more as a chore instead of as as maybe even something like a sacred activity or a ritual mm -hmm. that we do. And we don't think about the health benefits that are associated with it, but Wendy has come across several articles and then of course from her own experience with coaching and teaching journaling is an important part of managing stress and for me I know it's a great way to reflect on triggers and different things that are bothering me fear anxiety so we're gonna unpack that for you yeah uh, I found over the years that you know going back to those reading back on those old entries a lot of those journal entries were unpacking some of those moments of stress and anxiety and oh you know i don't know what to do about this situation and if i did this blah 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 if i did that blah 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 it was a way to kind of unpack what i was worried about at the time and so as i've read more about it 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 really is key that we take that time to unpack our feelings. Mm -hmm. We are, as we've said in probably multiple podcasts, emotionally constipated mm -hmm. today. We just don't have a grasp on our emotions. We don't know how to express them except, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, uh, in a bullying type of a fashion. Right. And so by taking that time to write allows us to kind of really think about things before we react. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key right there because 
one thing I'm working on personally is impulse versus purpose-driven speech. Mm. And when I take the time to journal about situations or events that have happened that I haven't liked the outcome or I've been hard on myself as to how I reacted, if I journal about it, then I can look at the triggers, I can look at the habits, I can look at the patterns, and then I can fine-tune that area because it's on paper. Now I can see it. Instead of just constantly replaying it in your mind, like Mm -hmm. this broken loop that's driving you nuts, (laughs) now you've got it on paper, and you can see it, analyze it, decide what you're going to do with it. Yeah, and and for me, it's like I, I love looking at words and thinking about how words connect or their their etymology, if you will. And there's the when I when you're writing it down, you get to actually see those words. Right. And then you might see different ways that the words are connected. For example, act and react. Mm-hmm. So when we're reacting, we're basically acting like the other person. Mm-hmm. But when we take time to think and ponder, or I love what you said about impulse versus um, intentional, mm-hmm. is that now we can choose to act. Right. Instead of Instead having of our chain jerked. Copying somebody else's act- actions. Right. Yeah. And then with that same thing, you know, it, when we can write these down, it think about lists you know it helps us prioritize what's important to us and there's different ways of creating lists whether it's just you know start listing them or you write uh, like the Stephen Covey style is you write the the non-negotiable items that have to happen every day there at the top and then you have your 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 less prioritized items on the bottom um, of your list and it's like it really kind of helps you just connect with it all mm-hmm. you know and then then when you're you know <laughs> your concerns can come out in as you're writing and prioritizing right what's really truly a concern and then what's just a, a little bit of a an anxiety issue that you need to let go of you see it in better perspective when you get it on paper exactly yeah so it does help and that gets us into like you know when we can see it on paper, we can think about it from both a distance and uh, continue to reflect on it. So then in studying, it's a great way to better retain what you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably have some really good stories uh, with your students on that. Right. I would ask them every day, when, when, especially when I taught language arts, I I would ask the students to journal and the years that I didn't have time in my day because of other pressures or other other um, mandates from the state shall I put it that way (laughs) um, journaling went by the wayside and I noticed that those that group of students that was unable that was not allowed to benefit from from the journaling those students tended to have more anxiety, tended to have more discipline problems. So journaling really helps the human brain as it's developing 
to work out a few thoughts, a few ideas, mm-hmm. and to ponder some questions. Also, maybe it helps us to just slow down and reflect. Slow down's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I even tell my college students that if you really want to retain something, you need to get your senses involved. And one of those senses is the sense of touch and and action and, and visual. So it's like you're um, you're seeing the words you're writing. You're experiencing kinesthetically the words that you're writing. So it you know taps back into the brain into the motor development aspects a lot stronger. And then, of course, I would take it to another whole level. And I say, if you're really trying to study and memorize terms, you need to walk around so you're getting movement. You need to say it out loud so you're both reading it, you're seeing it, and you're hearing yourself say it. And then also, you know, put on some of the instrumental but memorable music so that now you create a, an emotional connection um, to to what you've written. Mm-hmm. And they look at me like, huh? Right. <laughs> because we've become a society that relies on the computer and we've lost that kinesthetic aware, awareness that is so important with seeing your own handwriting. And I know a lot of people don't practice cursive anymore. They just jot down whatever they have to. But... Um, I, when I taught third grade, that was the mandatory um, element that we had to teach in the third grade. And then when I got to fifth grade, I noticed that many of my students didn't know cursive. It went by the wayside, again, with state mandates. I made my fifth grade students learn cursive. That was something that went home in their homework packet every week because I had done my research and I knew that there was a mind-body connection with handwriting. But there's also something wonderful about getting your thoughts out of your head which is a computer onto paper therefore using your hand as like a printer so your brain is doing the work your hand is having that mind-body connection and there is a lot of research out there that shows that students that practice and to their ability perfect um, cursive writing those students Mm -hmm. tend to do better academically right and and all the neuroscience research is backing that up Mm -hmm. that actually those those early shaping of letters it helps with the eye tracking helps with reading and reading comprehension so when we don't practice handwriting we're actually doing our brain and body a disservice Uh, right exactly it was funny one year i had a parent come in on meet the teacher night he saw the cursive handwriting instructions on the board and he said well you're going to have to print mrs devlin because my son can't read cursive and i said oh how fortunate you are that your son is in my class because your son is going to learn how to read cursive and be able to write it himself (laughs) surprise we do teach things in school (laughs) oh and then talk to us about improving the immune system Mm. journaling let's get back to the journaling aspect so how does that improve the immune system well just immune emotions they're all kind of connected right tied together and 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 then you got to also think physiologically, your immune system is connected to your gut and your digestion. Well, guess what happens when you're in fear, when you're anxious or 
feeling anxiety or feeling stress. Well, when you're feeling those feelings, you're basically experiencing fight or flight mode, mm. right? And right. like we've said, and like all the others say out there, when you're in stress mode, your body is saying, I got to either run or I got to fight. Oh, I don't need to digest right now. That's later. Right. <laughs> Digestion is like, you know, um, like a spa day. <laughs> you know? Okay, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> we'll For do your that body. later when yeah, we have we'll time. We'll do that later. Okay, now we're surviving. Right? So then if your immune system is connected to your digestion and you're stressed, what do you think's happening to your immune system? Right. Down, well, down the hill. Down the tubes. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's in survival mode too, which means basically non-existent. Right. So the quickest way to get sick basically is to stay in stress. Right. Hmm. Yeah. What do you know? And from that perspective... When, you know, you get those indirect benefits, when you're taking time to process your emotions on paper and getting those emotions out of you and onto a piece of paper through the, through the form of writing and then perhaps maybe tearing up the paper, you know, that's okay too. Yeah, and I'm going to address that, but go ahead. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe burning that paper later. <laughs> <laughs> writing those, you know, I'm... I, had a just a situation um, a while back where I was really, really frustrated about something, and I'm like, "You're not seeing what I am doing, you know. You're, you're." And so I wrote like, you know, I wrote this one letter, and I'm like, "See, I'm doing this and this and this and this and this. Can't you see that? See how loyal I am? You know, it was, it was all about trying to justify me, mm-hmm. right? And then I, I had probably four different versions of that letter in a draft. And then finally, I woke up like the morning, the next morning and said, oh, wait a minute. No matter what I say on here, the other person has a point of view that isn't going to change until I do what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. which was, you know, something that I should have done a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I can't send that letter until I do my part. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't have gone through all of those drafts and thinking of justifying myself and, oh, poor pitiful me, and you're picking on me and la, 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 I wouldn't have gotten to the point of, realizing what was truly important in that moment. Right. So you prioritized. And so, but yes. And so by, you know, the moment I kind of came to that, aha, then all the other blocks that were going on that week just kind of dissolved. Right. And so it was just, you know, really, really an important lesson for me to be reminded again that we do need to process things emotionally and our emotions you know are they're they're not just this ethereal thing they're actually chemical reactions if you want to say kind of like a chemical aspect going on in your body right so when you have like you know enough unmanaged stress 
i.e. unresolved emotions, you're basically creating toxicity within. Within. Absolutely. And that's another thing that's going to zap your immune system. So when we're writing, you know, we're allowing that toxic emotions to get out of you. I love that. Okay. And then I heard a doctor who is a, actually a spinal surgeon, and he has quit performing surgeries on the spine because he found that if he has his patients, and we're talking patients in severe back pain, if he has his patients actually write on a piece of paper about the pain, about the frustration, about the what triggers it or what makes it worse or what makes it better, but if he has them write on it, and he says write on one piece of paper, one sentence, your handwriting, and then tear it up, throw it away, and get in the habit. He has his patients doing this for two or three weeks, and people who were in chronic severe pain that were begging for surgery, thinking that would alleviate the back pain, and this one man in particular had had seven back surgeries already, and the surgeon said, I can't do another surgery on you. So that's what prompted him to to find another way to help this poor guy. but so anyway, what he found is that um, with this with this first test case, this man who had been thrown from a horse and had severe spinal injuries, oh, and like dear. I said, seven surgeries. Now he is able to manage his pain. Does he have days of pain? Yes, but is it chronic? Is it debilitating? No. And what was the one thing that he changed? He's not taking meds. He has had no more surgeries, but he makes a daily habit of writing down something about his pain. And he has learned through that there are other things triggering the pain besides the, the spinal damage. There's a huge emotional connection. Right. And so, like I said, this doctor is no longer performing surgeries. And now he's on a campaign to get other surgeons to back off. Sure, there's surgeries that are necessary and and right, right. and have to happen, but not always. But we can go from least invasive to most invasive. Right. Follow and, the steps. <laughs> right, right. And that's that's where surgery, you know, there is a place for surgery. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be the very first thing you jump to. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and that reminds me actually of um, Lady Gaga. Um, I was able to hear her interview with Oprah uh, at the beginning of the year, and she was talking about her own journey of being in in literally chronic pain all day long, every day, from um, her own health issues, and and how that's impacted both you know all different aspects of her life. Mm -hmm. And she talks about her own journey. So I would you know recommend that you go check out that interview you can just do a search for lady gaga and oprah and and see the interview where she you know very candidly talks about uh some of the methods that she uses for managing her pain which are similar to this and um something i think she called radical acceptance Mm -hmm. you know where you just like yep i'm in pain and there we go and and then your body is, you know, your body is divine. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be resilient. So mm-hmm. give it a chance. Right. Yeah. Okay, some strategies that we would like you to think about. 
<laughs> right by hand, people. If you if you take us up on our on our on our genuine plea to start journaling, on our um, prompting for you to start this exercise. If you don't already have that habit, if you do, you're saying yay. yay, thank you for the affirmation. But anyway, we want you to write by hand, get away from the computer, go out and buy a beautiful journal, and in fact, go to our website. We're going to have journals. We don't have them quite yet, but they're coming with our with our logo. Um, but in the meantime, go buy something. Don't yeah. We've got a the, couple of references, um, you know, for some ones that we think are beautiful. Right. Are in the, the meantime, and write by hand. Let your brain and your body have that connection. Right, which means you get to buy a, a pen. That's a really cool one yes. too. So that you know, I tend to like thicker pens. Mm-hmm. And and more of the um, uh, what do you call it like the the ballpoint yes. type of the wonderful fluid uh, that comes out yeah and, so yeah. it's more fluid writing as yeah. opposed to right the skinny pens seem to hurt my fingers more so you know it's like and pick your favorite color find the pen that works for you and right and so it's like the strategies are basically suggestions and and helps to entice you. Mm-hmm. to want to write and to keep writing and to keep writing yeah because we mm-hmm. all you know oh yeah I'm gonna write this novel or I'm gonna write this or that and mm-hmm. yeah well then it doesn't happen <laughs> then talk to us about motor development and brain development well as I kind of mentioned earlier in the helping you study better um, you know you're putting your fingers around an object and you're manipulating that object in a certain shapes and and styles on a piece of paper. Well, that is called fine motor development. That's how you learn to manage your muscles in your fingers, right? And then, of course, you have your, you know, large motor or your other gross motor development, which are the ways that you, you know, that's how you you move throughout the day. You move run, big, you, right. yeah, big movements, your big muscles. But, you know, it's really important to, to also... Um, teach those fine motor muscles how to maneuver and how and so, to adapt and how to adapt mm-hmm. um we, we see this with athletes right they're so one-handed frequently that if they have an injury on that side they're kind of their career's done you know if it's if it's a sport besides soccer that requires you know the use of hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so so we would often encourage our athletes and just all the students you know Try it with both hands. Mm-hmm. It's so important to get that ambidextrousness mm-hmm. going. That's true. And we all know about Oprah's gratitude journal. If that's something that would make you dive into having a journal, definitely do that. Talk to us about dream journals. Yes. Yeah, so in one of the study groups I go to, uh, the leader has been part of a research project that I think went on, oh, was it 10, 20 years? I mean, some crazy long period of time where they tracked their their dreams. And then they go back and, you know, it's like they all learned so much about themselves from just tracking their dreams. And it was just, it's kind of that point where you're slightly in between asleep and awake and so at that point you want to grab a couple of ideas you know like um red car train 
you know, whatever, you know, three things in that dream. And that kind of helps you remember it long enough <laughs> to get in, to get it back into the, the front part of your brain, the working memory, mm -hmm. so that you can try to write it down. But as you, you're, you know, tracking your dreams, sometimes, you know, the, the most incredible revelations, if you will, are coming to you through your dreams. Through your sleep patterns. And yeah. so, you know, it's like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. I want to remember that. Right. Right? Because literally, my, <laughs> my best ideas happen either when I'm waking up from a dream, you know, or remembering the dream, um, or taking a walk. Like, if I hit this mental block, I'll go walk to the other room and frequently I end up in the bathroom and then, oh, that's it. <laughs> and okay. I can walk back and <laughs> get that idea out of and, your head and get that idea. So it's, you know, not exactly dreaming, but in, in a way it's, you know, allowing space for that revelation. And by just simply keeping track of that journal, we're now basically telling our souls, our higher self that mm -hmm. I, I value what you're telling me and I want to hear more. Right. And then think about it, it's bringing all of our elements of harmony into a centralized place if you're, if you're journaling because inspiration's there, creativity's there. You're going to be able to look at patterns and habits and track what's going on. And then that helps with your expression. It helps with empowerment. And then I'm missing one. What is it? Creativity. Yeah. Yeah, some of my yeah, and wisdom. actually I'm oh, missing wisdom. Oh, wisdom. And then of course <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, if we're if we're listening to our higher self and we're getting that onto paper, we're going to gain insight that's going to help us make better decisions. Another thing that I used when I was teaching is mind maps and I love those. And we're going to have an example on the webpage to show you, but the basic idea is anybody can draw a stick figure. Yep. Anybody can can um, draw <laughs> my, my preferred form of drawing, <laughs> right? But you're with with mind maps. You're helping the creative aspect to bring that in with the the um, cognitive development, and so there's that mind body connection because you're drawing, right? But you're also doing something different instead of words this time around there's sometimes there's words associated with mind mapping there's you know sometimes you just can't draw a picture for some idea but think about it light bulb idea right um books um what i had my kids do i i i um, gave them examples so i would write on the whiteboard if we were getting ready to start a science project for instance if we're going we were going to observe crayfish then i would put the steps in pictures and they would put those in their daily agenda which is similar to a journal right that academic journal so to speak and they knew that they had to follow certain steps when we went to the science lab and they were more inclined i noticed when i went through this whole procedure like we've talked about earlier when i set up expectations that was always important. But now if I had them write down in a different way, meaning the mind maps, write down my expectations, writing down the procedures, their ability to concentrate, to behave, to be receptive to what they were supposed to learn, and to observe 
all of those things were in place and then we're talking brain development and that's something that we need to consider important for our entire lives right yeah i mean we're teaching we're teaching students so much more than just names dates facts and places we're teaching them how to function as an adult and how to think mm-hmm. and how to process when when we do those kinds of mind maps and right. it's also uh, you know a great way to connect the dots right that and don't seem to be connected exactly right and then adapt we as humans have to learn to adapt that's what we're good at adaptation that's how we've evolved and stayed alive <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then Wendy mentioned the unsent letters. That's always a great way to work out problems and Mm -hmm. do it by hand. Do it on beautiful stationery. Even if you're not going to send it to this person that should receive this information, your higher self, as Wendy gave an example, your higher self is definitely listening and tuning in. Yeah, it definitely is. And, And also we're in a place where we're still enough mm-hmm. to be able to hear what our higher self wants wants us to know. Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing it on paper. Yeah. Hearing, seeing, doing. Yeah, we're involving the senses, which is what keeps us sane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so moments with our higher self segment. Your exercise, your activity. We have a few ideas for you. If you have... A journal already, great. If you want to go out and buy one, great idea. We have two things that we want you to think about. Dream journaling. And Wendy's going to give you an example of one of her entries after a dream. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so a lot of the times you wake up in the morning and you're, you're in a dream you're kind of still there in that dream and it feels very real. And so I happened to capture the scene in a sense of how I was thinking or feeling as I was waking up from that dream. So this is a little segment from that. During the time of the great quarantine, Many people were stuck in the fear of the unknown, wondering what will be emerging in the future, feeling, but not yet admitting, that life will never be quite normal again. The quarantine time is beginning to shift into spring activity. It must be how the hibernators feel each year in spring. We yawn and stretch ourselves awake again gingerly preparing to meet the new season. We step around cautiously, not sure how we are going to interact with the people in this sort of post-apocalyptic lifestyle. Beautiful. Now people don't get intimidated because Wendy is a writer and then, and she's been experimenting with dream journaling for years. But give it a try. Try something new. It's really good for your brain, and it's really good for your emotions. Like she talked about earlier, uh, how our gut is connected to our emotions. If you're worried about the pandemic and our future economic situation, which at this point on uh, seems to be getting better, but, but those fears, who knows, right? If you wake up 
from a daydream or a real dream, write it down. Write down some thoughts. Just get your creative juices flowing. And then another thing that we would like to encourage you to do is give poetry a try. Give essays a try or maybe even short stories. This is a great way to resolve some issues that might be plaguing you. If you're struggling with a relationship, if you're struggling with um, changing jobs or like we said in fear of the pandemic or the civil unrest, maybe write a poem uh, about it. Write a short story. Don't worry if it gets published. That's not the point. But get it on paper, maybe in a different form. Trying to encourage you here to just journal. Right, because this is where you will, this is a perfect example of allowing your creativity to blossom. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like the poems, the essays, the stories, when you're resolving something, resolve it in an essay format, you know, mm -hmm. or, a, or a poetic format. Allow yourself to to express that creativity that is divinely in every one of you. Exactly. Ah, what a great way to end the podcast. Yes. Now I guess I better go write some journals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And share with us if, if you come up with something that you, some poem or a dream journal that, that is, is, um, that you're willing to share. Oh, we'd love to see we'd it. Love, love, love to see it. Okay, so dear listeners, take care and journal away. See you next time. We hope you've been uplifted by this episode. Please help us uplift others by sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our show. Join in on the conversation by adding your insights and transformations in the comments section. See you next time.